Hello and welcome to Curator's Corner. This episode I'm speaking with Ryan Kerr of Fleshy Thud about his new work, Unexploded Ordnance. A hundred years after Armistice Day, performer Ryan Kerr takes audiences on a unique path through World War I, incorporating theatre, live music, dance, and the radical data art movement. Unexploded Ordinance was created with Kate Stor- director Kate Story and performed with musicians Curtis Dreger and Matt Greco, and it will run from November 8th to 11th at the Theatre on King. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. So wonderful to have you here today. Nice to be here. <laughs> with us on Curator's Corner. Okay, so tell us about Unexploded Ordnance. What was your inspiration behind the work? Um, well, I've been fascinated by the First World War since I was a teenager. And I've written two other shows uh, about the First World War, one for Fourth Line and one for Arbor Theatre. Um, but both of those were about um, uh, the war itself. Um, this is much more of a, a personal look at why I'm interested in it and um, it's a big subject the war and the more you research it the more you find out and the more you find out the more you want to research so um, it's a pretty big subject and I you know it's a it's a lifetime of work. Tell us more about that personal connection you have a family member who was in the war is that right? Yes my great-grandfather fought in the British army during the first world war as a, a medic and uh, he ended up winning two medals um, during the war um, before, he moved back to, uh, before he moved to Canada. So part of uh, what the show is about is about um, my um, journey finding out about the information because uh, the, world, the records from World War I um, were destroyed in the London Blitz. So you can't really find out very much information about um, British soldiers in the First World War because those records are gone. So uh, this is what I was able to find. Wow, wow. And um, so the show opens very soon. Yes. Um, but it's in, been in development for quite a while. And you yes. took part in, in the Alternating Currents program, which is a public energy program that pairs artists with mentors to, to workshop new works. Can yep. you tell us a bit about what that experience was like, how you entered the process, what stage it was at, and then maybe how it developed? Sure. Um, well, uh, we entered the process with absolutely really nothing at all. Um, and just um, over the course of three or four days, um, sort of did, did some brainstorming and, and talking and, and writing a lot of things down on paper and reorganizing things and talking about topics. and Because um, it is a huge, uh, you know, a, 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 it's a vast amount of information that um, you start dealing with with the First World War. But then also when you're dealing with your own personal stuff, um, which is what this show is, is different about um, from the other shows, is this is much more about my journey and my research as opposed um, to just about someone else's story. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of um, got personal things in it. It's got stuff about my grandfather. Um, and it was really interesting working in, in that process um, in Alternating Currents because um, it was freeing because there was no pressure to come up with anything um, that was going to be performed in front of a live audience. Um, and it was very workshoppy in that sense, which was great. And I was working with great people, so mm-hmm. Kate, Kate Story and uh, Aaron Lidster. So, mm-hmm. um, And that's where we kind of started talking about bringing in other um, um, elements like music and dance and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, let's talk about the movement. There's a lot of movement in this piece. It's not just sort of a strict theater piece by any means. And music, how did those elements develop? Um, well, I'm um, an actor, but I'm also a, a dancer and a choreographer and um, a writer. And so I wanted to incorporate as much of those things as possible. Um, because this is my story to a certain extent, I wanted to incorporate the things that make me me, I guess. Um, but also within the Dada movement, um, that is one of the things that I'm talking about. There was a lot of music. Music played a very important part. Curtis Dreger and Matt Greco perform live with you in the piece. That's correct. Is that right? And yes. so what was it like working with live musicians like that and, and music from the Dada movement? Can you tell us more about that? Working with live musicians is always uh, much more interesting than working with canned music. Um, and I've worked with Curtis a number of times um, in the past, um, recently, like uh, Myrmidon we did um, with Kate Story. Um, and um, I really wanted to work with... Uh, more than one musician, so I thought of Matt Greco because he was a, he's a, uh, uh, an interesting percussionist. And again, this is something that he hasn't done a lot of theater before. And this is, again, um, uh, this show is something I haven't done before. I've never done a, a one-person show about things like this before. So um, it was really interesting trying to incorporate all of that sort of stuff. And, and, and working with mu musicians just brings a certain amount of energy that um, you just can't get with, with, with canned music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And they also bring a lot of ideas as well and suggestions. And um, because I'm not a musician, I'm not, I don't really think with a musician's mind. So having them there um, really makes a huge difference. Yes. And so tell us more about the, the Dada art movement, what it was about, what it meant, and, and the music, too, that came out of that movement. Yeah. Um, well, basically, the Dada movement started because of the First World War. Um, artists from all over Europe left their countries because they didn't believe in the war and, or were trying to escape the war and all ended up in Switzerland, which is which neutral, mm -hmm. um, and uh, mostly in Zurich. And um, two people, uh, Hugo Ball and Emmy Hennings, um, uh, began um, a cabaret in a bar, and they called it the Cabaret Voltaire. Mm -hmm. And basically, it, was, it only lasted for six months. Really? I didn't know that. Um, but they were performing every night for six months. Wow. So they had to come up with new shows, um, new acts, and there was cabaret, there was poetry, there was prose, uh, there was music. And the shows, they didn't know exactly what was going to happen every night because they didn't know who would show up. Um, and they were performing for mostly students um, who were there for the cheap beer and sausages. <laughs> so, um, but one of the things that um, the First World War was uh, really incorporated was propaganda and censorship. Um, and a lot of the artists um, started to th question language itself because if language is being used against us, mm -hmm. then how do we take the language back? And so that's where sound poetry was, was, was sort of created. Um, that's where uh, uh, sort of chaotic music and, and sound poems and... Um, if, yeah, if, if sounds and, and language were being used against us, then let's take it back and make it 
something else. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what they did. Um, and then after the war, um, a bunch of, they all went back to their own countries um, and to, they, they spread the, the, that whole concept uh, with them. So um, in Paris, it ended up turning into surrealism. Um, in uh, Germany, it turned much more political and philosophical. Um, there was a whole New York scene, but they weren't, they had their own thing going. And it just seemed like the time was ripe for all of this sort of mm-hmm. multimedia anti-art to come out. Mm-hmm. And the First World War was the spark. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff that came up in the Dada movement is still very uh, relevant today. Um, the, the, the chaotic typography that they used is still being done in advertising now. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the music that happened then um, has influenced a lot of the music that happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. And even the sound poetry and stuff is still, you can still see some of the influence in um, spoken word now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the, the music that, that Matt Greco and, and Curtis Treger perform on stage, mm-hmm. is that original composition some inspired of it, by data? Yes, a lot of it is original compositions inspired by data. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you'll also hear some, origin, um, some music from the era as okay, well. wow. Um, plus some other music just to um, um, complement everything else, just to capture that 1914, 1918 era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has it been, um, I mean, it must have been quite the, the process going deep into your own family history mm-hmm. um, and connecting to this history as an artist and the artist that you are now. Has it been a, a vulnerable process bringing this work to the stage? Yes, it is. It's Well, considering it's the first time I've done anything like this, I don't think I was quite prepared for how vulnerable one has to actually be when you're doing this. Um, one of the things I've always tried to do in my own work when I'm writing is to try and um, incorporate as much honesty as possible because I think that's really important. Um, I don't like writers that lie to me uh, when I'm reading them. Mm-hmm. And so trying to be honest... Um, not only to the people you're working with, but also being honest to yourself and um, being honest about your feelings and and your thoughts and why you think things and how did things actually happen like this or is that just how I remember them, Mm -hmm. right? It's the difference between what you think you remember and what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And trying to find that is, 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 you know, puts you in a very vulnerable place and you have to sometimes go places where you didn't, necessarily want to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah that is hard um, but I think in the end it's been um, um, a really good process that's great um, so not only is it going to be premiering to the public at the theater on King mm-hmm. um, November 8th to 11th but it'll also be touring through Peterborough high schools that's right um, and you'll be performing for students yes so that that's pretty exciting how do you how do you think students are gonna react to the work or what do you hope they'll take away well from the experience um, I hope that the students um, are inspired in any in some manner um, when I was in high school and I saw, some theater shows, it was inspirational to me. Um, This is very unlike most theater shows. It's not linear. Um, It's very abstract. Um, It deals with a lot of different issues. Um, And I hope, yeah, I hope in the end that the students can find something about uh, the Great War. Um, I hope they are inspired by the art. Um, And I hope they, at the the very end, because also... There's so much 
information about the Great War. And one of the things that, one of the reasons I started doing this was just because there are certain things that um, it's hard to get your wrap your head around, um, like the sheer numbers of people that were involved, um, the numbers of countries, uh, just the, 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 the way it was fought. Um, and I think um, a lot of that history is being lost and not taught. And um, I also would like them to see that the First World War was not in black and white. It was actually fought by real people, mm -hmm. you know. And I think incorporating my great-grandfather into it adds a certain amount of um, realism and, 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 and uh, a personal touch to it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I hope in the end that they at least enjoy it mm -hmm. <laughs> and that they learn something about the First World War and, and, and Dada and uh, maybe they will continue the research that I started. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us and uh, thank you for um, speaking with us today and Anytime. break a leg with Unexploded Ordnance. Thank and, you very much. I uh, hope to talk to you again soon. I'm sure I'll be here. Okay. Curator's Corner is a production of Public Energy Performing Arts. Public Energy is Executive Director Bill Kimball, Performance Curator and Associate Director Victoria Moore Blakeney, Administrator and Marketing Director Eva Fisher, that's me, Bookkeeper Susan Newman, and Guest Curator and Arts and Community Consultant Patty Shaughnessy. We would like to thank Rob Fortin, who composed and performed our theme music, which is also performed by Susan Newman and M. Glasspool. Thanks also to the Ontario Arts Council, the Department of Canadian Heritage, the City of Peterborough, and the Canada Council for the Arts. 